In this episode, we focus on how to become an elite man, and we delve deep into what it takes for men to step up to an elite level. Confidence, courage, and mindset are cornerstones of an elite man. Our guest today is Justin Stenstrom, who is a nationally acclaimed life coach, an author, and founder of Elite Man Magazine and Elite Man Podcast. Now, Justin has overcome many of life's greatest obstacles and has become stronger in mind and spirit because he has implemented the knowledge that he has received from hundreds of elite men that he has interviewed in his own personal development journey. Now join us in this dynamic conversation where you will learn how to fortify your masculinity in a society where emasculation appears to be the norm. Stand by. Welcome to the Man of War podcast, where we forge men into warriors and get them battle ready for the game of life. Learn warrior hacks that strengthen your mindset, self-confidence, courage, and personal protection skills. Unlock a life that embodies a warrior spirit for dynamic success in life and in business. If you're joining us for the first time, you're tuning in to the one and only podcast that empowers you to achieve greatness by living the warrior lifestyle. Each show, we interview elite men from around the globe and delve deep into their mindset and daily rituals, uncovering their secrets to success. I'm Rafa Conde, founder and creator of the Man of War Movement. Join me on this life-altering journey where we recharge your mind, body, and spirit. Rise the night, my brothers. Welcome to the Man of War podcast. My name is Rafa Conde, and I am your host. Today, we're talking about the heart of masculinity with a guy that's made it his mission to develop elite men. This is a very, very important subject matter that needs to be talked about today. Before we start revving up our engines, I want you to go watch our new documentary. It's a very powerful short film. Just take 10 minutes of your time. Go watch it. Forgingawarrior.com forward slash warrior film. If you've not heard by now about the Warrior Development Academy, where hundreds of warrior-minded men have come together in an immersive online training experience, I urge you to go check it out right now. Join absolutely free, no strings attached, at forgingawarrior.com. All right, let's rev it up now and kick it up a notch. Let's jump right into it. Hey, Justin, welcome to the Man of War podcast, man. It's an honor to have you on. Hey, Rafa, thanks for having me on, brother. I appreciate it. Awesome, man. So listen, uh, you know, the last couple of shows we've been focusing on developing manhood and developing men, uh, you know, men into the modern day uh, warriors, but I've, I've touched here over the last couple of shows, and I want to talk to you because you're a younger guy, but about the younger generation, you know, it, it, it's it's a little bit more complex, and I think you might give us a few answers that we need. So first of all, can you introduce yourself for the audience? Yeah, so... Um, I run a site called EliteManMagazine.com, and I have a podcast called The Elite Man Podcast. And as I mentioned to you a couple of minutes ago, it it all started. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if I touched this specifically, but it started for me about ten years ago. Uh, had a lot of problems with anxiety, panic attacks, depression, self confidence issues, dating issues, and so I went on this whole self help journey. And it took a it took a number of years, really hard work. And, you know, just dedicating myself to improving my life because, like I said, I had so many issues at the time. But 
after figuring out these problems, I started helping other guys who had kind of noticed a change in me, you know, peers, friends, the few friends I had at the time. I mean, um, I started pushing myself socially, getting out of my comfort zone a lot and helping other people who had a lot of these similar problems that, that I did. And, um, it, it started first with dating, with dating advice and, and dating skills and helping guys improve with women. And I did that for a few years as a dating coach, probably, um, six, seven years ago now. I did that for a couple of years. And then as I kind of progressed on my own personal journey, I started realizing that I, I enjoyed talking more and helping other guys outside of just dating advice and getting good with women. So I started tackling subjects like health, fitness, um, confidence, of course. We still did some dating, but it was business as well. And then, of course, like the subject of, of being a man and improving yourself and, you know, the day-to-day -day struggles that men face. And I think it's a subject that not too many people talk about. And guys like you, of course, Rafa, are, are talking about this all the time, and it's a great conversation to have. I know some of the other guests you brought on have this conversation as well. And it's you know awesome that there's guys like us out there who are helping you know just regular guys become better men. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing the last um, five, six years is, is having this conversation getting getting people on the on the podcast and on the site and you know just you know picking their brains for their advice very cool very cool so tell me a little bit about what really you know made you step up and say i know that you were a dating coach and you, that your 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 philosophy was one that you felt was really making an impact with other individuals but at what point did you decide hey you know what i want to make this part of who i am i think it was for me it was more of I was kind of getting burned out doing it. I was just, you know, talking about dating all the time, dating advice, wrote a few books on it. And to me, it's like I have, I don't know if it's like I have an ADD brain or I just have, you know, a ton of eclectic, you know, interests that to me, to, to keep me motivated, to keep me going every day, to keep me excited and jumping out of bed. I, I think I like novel things when it comes to interests. And I, I think I like pushing myself into different places, both professionally and personally. And so, Further in the conversation for me, putting up new challenges for me was what kept me going and tackling new subjects like, you know, hell, like for instance, like about a month or so ago, we had a guy on the show who's um, reversing Alzheimer's disease, basically curing Alzheimer's disease, the best doctor in the world, uh, neuroscientist in the world. And, you know, guys like that, it's like, that's kind of the forefront of what piques my interest at the moment is like, you know, sh shit like that, where it's like, wow, this guy is, is literally curing one of the most in, incredible and uh, difficult diseases to, you know, overcome and, and to get past. And he's saving literally thousands upon thousands of lives. Um, so for me personally, it was more just like the the interests that I have and, and always trying to grow and improve and find the new thing and, and, and stay up with the latest research and uh, discover new things and, and just make this place, make this world a better place. That's kind of the thing that motivates me. And I felt like with, with dating, it was like I'd kind of come to a peak in that and was sort of, um, you know, plateauing in, in that sense. So, yeah, I, I've always kind of had this in, in me to, to be the best man I can be to. And I've always kind of lived that that life too, like, um, you know, being a, a good man, being an honest man, being um, a, a, a respectable man. And that kind of always was my thing with dating and, and coaching other guys and dating advice, being, you know, a natural and being yourself, all that stuff. But it was more of like now I get to talk about other subjects and, and still carry that philosophy on. Very cool. That's uh, some good stuff there. So talk to me a little bit about what your view is on the current situation regarding manhood. 
I think it's really been tough for guys the last decade or so, and it's only getting worse, unfortunately. But like I said, good thing there's there's guys like you and I, Rafa, to have this conversation to help other guys, you know, listening. It's just, I don't know, man, the whole feminism movement, it had its place, I think, years ago, many years ago. And, um, you know, at this point in time, you know, not to get political or anything like that, but in this point in time, time I think things are pretty fair. I think it's pretty even across the board when it comes to man and woman and their rights and all that other stuff. But I think that society has just been on a downward trend to, to knock guys and, you know, everything has to be, um, putting women first and putting, you know, women above men and, 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 and that sense putting guys down and like guys needs are not being met. And, um, guys are, are talking about it less and less too. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're not expressing their needs and they're not talking. And, and typically, I mean, women like to talk about their, their needs more than guys anyway. So it's like, you, you have like this society thing going on where they're sort of oppressing man's needs. And then you have guys who don't really express their needs anyway. So it's kind of like a twofold hit where guys, I mean, just manhood in itself is, is suffered in the last decade or so. And like I said, it's, unless there's a, a big change, unless kind of people like us get to, uh, you know, talk about this more and reach more people. I don't think it's going to change much in, you know, the next couple of years, maybe in the next decade or so it will. Well, that's a, that's a great point. I was in a po- uh, on a podcast yesterday and uh, I kind of went on a little bit of a rant uh, regarding <laughs> our society today. And um, bottom line is, I mean, I, I agree 100%. I mean, uh, I just interviewed earlier today and, and another gentleman and, and uh, Navy SEAL guy. And, and bottom line is, listen, it, it, what you're saying is 100% accurate. I mean, times now, we're even. I mean, men and women as far as career, business-wise, um, and in in world in general, I mean, we have a monster equality issue now. For me, the whole struggle of being equal that already sets up tremendous challenges. Um, I believe that women have so many, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, so many more elements than men do in specific aspects of life. And then you flip the hat, and I believe that men have so many elements that are specific to manhood that women, no matter how hard they try, will never have. And uh, while I'm not a believer in segregation per se, I do believe that, hey, man, men, it's cool if men are in a club with other men. Uh, And it's great that if women uh, have their own women clubs. So uh, in my opinion, man, I mean, we can sit here and talk about this for hours and hours, but... Being an instructor in the police academy, what I have seen over the last decade, and I see police officers, uh, young police officers come through, is a lack of strong mindset. And now, from your point of view, and this is kind of, I want your angle on this, from your point of view, the younger generation, the millennials, what is going on with the mindset? Why is it so weak? Is it because maybe parenting or does it go far deeper than that we can swear on this show right i think i swear already correct oh, you, you, man <laughs> all over the place <laughs> all right yeah this the, the millennial generation man my generation is fucked it, i mean these people not not everybody obviously because you know i'm part of this group and there's a lot of great guys like me and there's a lot of great women my age too who, who kind of see past that and who aren't entitled, but for the most part, man, the the millennial generation, 
they all feel like they're entitled. They all, I think, I think it mainly comes down to parenting. I think that's probably the biggest key. There's probably a number of other factors. Um, another thing too, I think that, that, uh, you know, I think research is kind of showing is the, the fact that parenting, like, like there was a lot of daycare in my generation, right? Like, so, so back when, you know, maybe your generation, or even before you, there was uh, stay-at-home moms and typically, for, for most families anyways, but typically stay-at-home moms would, you know, take care of the children and, you know, they'd be around all day and and they'd kind of be able to nurture and, and raise their child and they had that back and forth and that's kind of, in in general, that's kind of how it's supposed to work or how it has worked historically, you know, for hundreds of thousands of years of, of human beings and, you know, the evolution of us, that's kind of how it's worked. Uh, man goes out, hunts, gets food, woman stays home and takes care of the children and raise them. And there's nothing, you know, really wrong with that, um, I guess, way of life. But over the last, my generation, over the last 20, 30 years. Gentlemen, a quick break in the action. Men, it's time to step up and take a hold of your life. Stop flatlining day in and day out, burying your head in the sand or living a life that is fake. Discover who you are by opening up your soul, your mind, and letting go all of the poison in your life. It's time to cultivate the warrior spirit and start living the warrior lifestyle. Go grab your free booklet to get you started on the warrior's path, forgingawarrior.com forward slash manual. Let's get back to the show. The, uh, the, the daycare system has grown and people, the children uh, my, my age haven't grown up with, um, you know, that their parents and, and telling them what's right and wrong. And, you know, they come home and they see them for a couple hours and they go back to sleep or they go to bed and, you know, they, they only see them for a couple hours out of the day and they're not getting that parent. And even the father in that sense, they're not getting the, the father in their life like they probably did in the past where it was like, you know, people are working more nowadays and spending less time at home. And these children are, are sitting in front of a TV and basically the, they have the TV raising, they have shows that, that they're raising and then they're missing out on um, that interpersonal relationship, that development as a child to a parent. And they're missing out on uh, the discipline, like the normal discipline of, of not being able to have things. And so, you know, when the parent sees them for a couple hours out of the day, they spoil them and they give them extra things. And um, that's kind of my theory anyways. I think people... Uh, a lot of millennials my age have been spoiled. They have been coddled. They have they have this sense of entitlement because of the way the dynamic has has shifted, where they see less and less of their parents. There's less communication. There's less dinner time. There's less, like I said, disciplinary things going on. There's less um, true parenting going on. And in that sense, kids have this kind of fucked up um, view of like how things work in the world and like like I said when they're spoiled when they're when they get everything when they see their parents only for a couple hours a day and you know everything's great for those couple hours because they're trying to make up for the rest of the day they weren't around they have it in their mind now that they're entitled to different things and they can just you know um, cry or they can ask for something and it's automatically going to come and, and that's not how life works life's a lot harder than that life is fucking tough it, it puts you down and knocks you down and you know it's, it's unforgiving and all these millennials unfortunately have it in their back of their mind that, uh, you know, they can just, um, ask for something and it's going to come to them. And, um, it, unfortunately, like I said, it's, it's not how life works. And I don't, I think, I think the, the good thing is though, the, 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 I guess the, the takeaway here though, is I think millennials as as bad as they are, as, as far as entitlement goes, as bad as they are, uh, in a lot of other aspects with, you know, the, the way they behave and, th and things like that. I do think 
they're smart enough to overcome it. And eventually, I think they'll be smart enough to get past it in, in some sense. Like they, they'll under, they'll come to an understanding in the next whatever, five, 10 years and, and kind of realize how they are. Or life will just smack them in the face and they'll realize that, um, you know, that's not how things work and they'll just have to get past it. Survival of the fittest kind of thing. Man, I hope you're right. <clears throat> I really hope, <laughs> I hope you're right because, uh, you know, the mentality and, and you, you mentioned a, a key word there, you know, the entitlement. Um, it's getting to a point where it's, it's just doesn't even make sense. And it's bizarre, man. And, 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 and you know, I go back and, and, you know, I have a four year old girl, little, little girl. And, and I'm like, you know, she's coming into this world this way, but I know that no matter what, I'm going to do a much better job. I have four kids in total. So, and none of my kids have the mentality of millennials that are entitled and, you know, when you talk about men and you talk about the mentality nowadays, I mean, it it's just it gets to the point where you start wondering, you know, second guessing yourself as, as a parent. So my question here is this. Tell me what the fuck I can do to be able to get into a millennial's mind, into their brain and help them become stronger and better men. I think the I'm I'm not a parent, by the way. But when I have children, I want a few children in a few years. Um, I'm I'm going to raise them like my father raised me, and basically he instilled the toughness in me. He instilled a do-it-yourself kind of attitude, and also you can do it yourself, but things aren't going to fucking just you know be given to you. And he never gave me anything. He never gave me an allowance. He never gave me you know, extra gifts for doing, you know, getting a, uh, an A in class. It was just, that shit was, to me, that shit was a given. Like you, you work your ass off, you, you study hard, you get A's across the board. If you didn't get A's, you know, typically they, they, they might, I mean, not A's, you know, A's and B's essentially. But if you, you know, fucked around and got C's or D's, there was, there was punishments, there was consequences. There was, um, I'd, so I'd get no, in trouble. So no eighth, eighth place trophies for you. Yeah, there's no fucking eighth, <laughs> eighth, eighth place trophies, no participation trophies back when I, you know, sucked in Little League or, and then, you know, if I did, the thing is, that's, it's great, man, because if you did suck in Little League, there was consequences for that. You you know, kids would make fun of you. Uh, you know, your father would, would uh, work with you all day and, and, and you know, um, t sometimes he was tough. Sometimes, you know, I would be frustrated. Sometimes I'd be crying because I couldn't, I couldn't hit the ball. But, um, you know, eventually with practice, with, you know, dedication, with having that drive in me to get better, to want to be one of the best players, um, just an example. And, you know, I become, I became one of the best players in literally, I became an all-star every single year from like age nine to say 17, 18, when I stopped playing baseball, cool. because when I was eight years old, I sucked and I couldn't hit the ball. But with that drive, with him telling me, go out and, and fucking practice every day. I practiced three, four, five hours every single day and got good at it. Same thing with reading. I remember when I started the first grade, I was the worst kid in class when it came to reading. I couldn't read for shit. I couldn't pick it up. Like my mind just wouldn't grasp it at first. And like midway through the year, he sat me down and, and every single night after school for like three or four hours, he would, he taught me how to read, like just, and, and again, I was like, you know, seven years old at the time, whatever. I was like crying. I was frustrated. I was miserable. It, it sucked, but he wouldn't 
allow me to give up. He wouldn't coddle me. He wouldn't say, oh, it's going to be fine. You know, your teachers will take care of you. You know, everything will be okay. Don't worry about it. No, he, he said, you got to fucking figure this out. And I think he even, you know, talked to me that way back then. Cause you know, again, he had that kind of tough attitude. You got to figure this fucking shit out and I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to give up on you until you figure it out. So he wasn't like, you know, figure this out on your own and, and, you know, you'll be okay. But it was more like, I'm going to help you, but you have to put in the work and we're going to do this together and fucking figure it out no matter how hard it is. And it, it was tough picking it up. But, um, I remember after like a couple of months, I, again, I became like the best reader in first grade. And then after that, I was, you know, one of the best kids in, in the whole school as far as like, you know, academics went. But I think, so what I'm getting at is I, I think parents have to make more of an active effort to be in their kids' lives. I think it's a lot easier to say, you know, here's my cell phone, go play, you know, fucking one of those stupid games they have. I don't even know what they play, but here, here, dick around on my cell phone for a couple hours while I, you know, watch TV and, you know, you do whatever you want to do kind of thing. Like absent parenting. It's so easy to just give your kid your cell phone or, or have them sit in front of a TV. It's a lot harder to actually sit down with that kid and go over their homework and teach them things or open up a new book and, you know, read with them or, you know, some of the things that parents used to do all the time, I think is becoming less and less, um, active in our society. And, and, and that's a big problem. That's, that's one of the biggest things is, is parents want to kind of sit back and take it easier when parenting is a tough job. It's, it's one of the toughest things around, but, uh, if you want your child to succeed, if you don't want to, you know, have them have this entitled attitude and mindset going forward, you have to be with them. You have to show them how to do things. And you also have to, be there to enforce things when they don't want to do things. You have to be there to discipline them when they, you know, want to fuck off or when they don't want to put in the time, they don't want to put in the effort. Um, and essentially, uh, you know, not hold their hand, but, but show them how to do things and make sure they follow through on it. Absolutely. And if I can add to that, the, uh, the fact that the young, the, the uh, young generation, unfortunately has no clue on how to battle beyond their self-imposed limits and I believe internal fortitude is kind of gone by the wayside, you know, alluding back to what you were saying uh, regarding, you know, you know, trophies and, and, and you know, <laughs> getting out there and, and, and you suck at a sport, but you got two choices, either to drop out and not try anymore or like yourself. I mean, you went out there, you tried hard, you became stronger, better, and then all of a sudden you were a top player in your league. So... You know, what I'm all always preaching constantly is you got to first decide whether you're going to man up or you're going to shrivel up in a corner. And at that point, you're going to step up to that game. You're going to step up to the game of life and you're either going to change and go forward or like, again, you're going to fall apart. I call it flatlining. A lot of men out there are flatlining through life and the younger generation that's coming now into our society, into our world, they have no idea what true struggles are about. And I'm not talking all of them, of course not, but I would say a good chunk, over 80 or 90% of these individuals because I get a good flow and a good feel. And I run a martial arts school. I have all different ages in my academy. I also am out there teaching. I, I, you know, I travel the world teaching military, and I teach uh, law enforcement, and I also teach, you know, law enforcement here at the academy, and I deal with people as a police officer every single day. So I promise you, I got a pretty good feel of what the world is like out there. Now, the issue that I'm, that I believe in is, 
the mindset, and I don't know if you agree with me on this, but the mindset, maybe you're right. Maybe it's, you know, as, as far as parenting goes, it was not instilled. However, I think media, I think the fact that cell phones, computers, social media in general, all have contributed to the lack of strong mindset because um, I, I got a statistics uh, today from uh, um, uh, one of the gentlemen that I was interviewing, and he said that, this kind of stuck to me, at the age of six or seven, kids nowadays are exposed to over one million photos, in other words, images in their life. At 13, it's nearly two million. In comparison to what it was 30 and 40 years ago, I mean, when now you can, you know, open your phone, look at your laptop, and you're constantly streaming through news feeds and images. Now, when I came up, that didn't exist. I mean, all we had as far as images was going out in the backyard playing football with my buddies, <laughs> you know, going out to a movie at the movie theater. So it's, to me, media and social media in general has really, really brought down the the mindset of a younger generation. I don't know what do you, what's your take on that. Yeah, man, I totally agree with that. That is a a great point you bring up, and probably just as powerful. If, um, yeah, it's probably just as as powerful as as parenting. I mean, you look around; it's just incredible how many people are on their phones in any given situation, any environment you put yourself into. How many? How much percentage of that? population in your environment is on their phones and it's typically about 50% if not more and you know you go out on a first date it's like you look around or not even on a first date but you, if you go out to a restaurant and you see people there and you can tell you know someone's on a, a first date or they're on a date uh, looking around at the bar people at the bar half the people in that bar half the people in that restaurant are on their phones it's like crazy how much we're spending on our phones in, in, in this sort of virtual world and how little we're spending in our actual real world and, and what's really happening. And yeah, it, it's like the ADD society, the computers, the social media, all these things, all, all these, um, I, I guess, triggers are, are just constantly being flashed in front of children. And, and like I said earlier, like the, the children especially are, are spending all this time uh, in front of a TV, hours upon hours in front of the TV. Um, you know, the laptops, they have their, uh, the, the cell phones, of course, they have their iPads, like every, like my little, uh, nephew, for instance, was given an iPad when he was like five or six years old. And I thought at the time though, I mean, I wasn't going to criticize my sister for doing it, but I thought at the time, that's just such a fucking stupid thing to do. Why don't you get him, you know, something that's going to make him go outside and, and play. Um, and I remember when I was a little too, it's like, we didn't have any of this stuff. We had house phone still. I remember if a you know girl tried to call me up in, in middle school or I had to call her up you know, to, to try to go on a date with a girl who was still using the house phone. And every time I'd, I'd use the house phone, like, you know, my grandmother would pick up on the other end and my father would pick up and I'd be embarrassed as shit. But it was like, you know, that, that was uh, that was the day, man. We didn't have, you know, 10 phones in the house. We had one phone uh, or two phones and we didn't have any cell phones. This was like right before I think uh, AOL uh, aim chat and all that other stuff came out too. So it was like, we we're still using phones and we were still going outside and playing outside and communicating with people face to face. But it's like people are more, and especially children, it's, it's, it's really crazy. And, and there's even studies too coming about out on this, how much that changes the developing brain, especially a younger, you know, 13, six, six to 13 year old kids brain when they're spending more time, 
um, having to use like a computer or a, a cell phone, watching videos on the cell phone or playing games on the cell phone or, or sitting in front of the TV for hours and hours, it actually physically changes the connections, the structures of the brain and makes it more addictive to uh, stimuli, stimuli from like sources, like external sources like that, as opposed to naturally developing and, and like, you know, dope, whoops, almost dropped my thing here. Uh, like the dopamine receptors become more addicted to um, stimuli, almost like a, a, a cocaine person's brain, like, in, or like someone watching pornography, like you, you've heard of that, I'm sure, like people who watch porn have the same um same addiction in, in their yes. dopamine receptors as people who, who take cocaine. It's the same thing with, with children too. The, the way their brains are developing, they're becoming more and more needing of that stimuli and less needing or less um, sensitive to normal stimulus like people like hanging out with their friends or going outside playing in you know, the playground, things like that. So it's, it's literally changing the way their brains are being formed. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I have a little quick story here. My, my son, I have a 19-year-old son, and they also have a uh, 17, going to be 18 in a couple months here. So I was I was speaking to my 17-year-old uh, maybe about three, four months ago. And he was, you know, talking to a girl on Instagram, texting her. <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, what about picking up the phone and making a phone call? You know, mm -hmm. well, what about that type of communication? What, I mean, <laughs> what's going on? Oh, well, Dad, you, you, you know, what about, okay, so just... Text her on, on Instagram, talk to her, communicate. No, dad, you know, I, I have to, you know, if I do that, it's going to be, you know, too strong for her. She has to, I have to like some of her photos. And then once she starts liking <laughs> some of my photos, then maybe we can take the step. It's not like when you, uh, you know, when you were growing up, dad, I mean, I'm like, holy cow, like really, man, come on, give me, give me a fucking break here. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's. It's to that point in, in relationships, and, and it, it's sad, you know. It, it, it's sad, and uh, it, it's gotten to the point where, you know, I, I, I talk about this almost every single day, and honestly, I'm getting a, li a little bit tired of, of, of doing this as far as talking, you know, to my children at times about, hey, you know, relationships, communicate, communicate, man, communicate with other people. Uh, you know, go out, make friends. Uh, to me, that is uh, something that we're lacking. You know, our, our definitely our social skills have for the younger generation has gone down the wayside. So tell me about what you do with men. I mean, you have a magazine, you have some, you know, talk to me about how you get these men and how you lead these men to become better and stronger men. Uh, so we we talk like I, I've said earlier the the podcast we bring on some of the best experts in the world and and really just tackle like you know issues we're talking about today and then you know all the other topics we cover the subjects health fitness etc dating advice um, and I think the key and then of course I have like programs and stuff that I sell and 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 a Facebook group that's been pretty good been growing fast and every day in the group we just help each other out, whether, you know, just random questions that guys have every single day, you know, whether it's, uh, um, you know, someone going through a divorce and he's trying to figure out how to get past a divorce or whether it's, you know, a parenting question, like, a, a you know, father has a, a child that he doesn't know how to handle. He doesn't know how to deal with, uh, whether it's, you know, asking how to get a raise at work and, you know, someone, you know, guy in the group was asking that the other day, how do I you know go about asking for a raise and, and getting a raise at my work? I've been there for a couple of years. I, you know, I think I deserve a raise. And, um, 
or it's just dating questions like, you know, how do I text this girl? Or, you know, I just, like you said, I was on Instagram and, you know, I want to get her number and take her on a date. How do I go about that? So random stuff like that pops up all the time in the group. Um, but in the, you know, podcast, especially too, it's just like, I try to bring on, I try to, I, I talk to people all the time, talk to guys like yourself all the time and get a feel for what are some of the biggest issues? What are some of the biggest challenges that guys are facing now? And then I'll just try to go out and, and find guys, experts, you know, people in that area, people in that field who know, um, you know, how to get past that. Some of the things that they've done that's worked for them and, and, you know, clients that they work with or, you know, people, uh, people that they've coached and and helped get past that. And, um, you know, it's just as simple as finding people out there. Like I always say this too all the time. I really believe that there is a solution for every single problem out there. Like everything you're going through, especially as a man, like you think all the time that you're alone or that's, you know, something specific to you and that you're unique in the sense that you're facing this major struggle or obstacle and you're like, shit, I don't know what the hell to do because I'm, you know, weird and I have this random problem popping up. But there's so many other guys like you who go through similar things. And I mean, it, it literally blows people's minds once they realize that they're not alone and that there's so many other guys out there who face the same problems. And it's just a matter of finding the resources and finding people who have already overcome those problems and figuring out what they did. And then you can then go through the process and, and overcome it yourself. So that's what I try to help guys do uh, the most is, is find other guys out there who have solutions to many of their problems and then just, you know, pick their brains and see what they did. That's awesome. I mean, it's uh, you look at men uh, that are doing well, uh, elite men. Uh, that are successful, and uh, in my opinion, all the research that I've done, and the gentlemen you know that I coach, the individuals that uh, are part of my membership site, and the guys that I've stepped up and decided to you know change their life, to transform their lives, to become stronger, to become not only stronger on the outside but on the inside, developing that warrior mindset, that warrior spirit, and what I have noticed is that. Uh, a lot of them started weak. I mean, they started weak, a lack of confidence, lack of courage, lack of understanding life itself, not knowing how to go about themselves. But the key, when going back to, alluding back to one of the, um, what you mentioned a little bit ago, was a support network of individuals, of other warrior-minded men that could support them in that transformation, in that change in their life. And I think that is critical. I think that the fact that you have a group also that, you know, you have there's support factor, a support network, man, that makes a huge difference. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think it's one of the best ways to get success. And I guess in a particular area, especially like if you you know want to have like uh, business success, you might join a business mastermind. Um, but even more than that, just general day to day success as a man, like joining a group like yours or mine and just seeing how, like I said, how many other people face the same issues that you face. Like you're, you're, you really aren't alone in this world. You may think you are alone. You may feel like you're alone. You may feel like the problems you have are just problems that you have, you know, by yourself. And it it seems overwhelming at times. I know exactly how you feel. Like I've gone through that myself. I've had the depression problems, the anxiety problems, the problems with women, Um, so many other problems out there, the confidence problems as well. It's like that can be, it can make things so much harder when you feel like you're all alone 
and you feel like you don't know how to get past this. You have to do everything by yourself and you know, you're not seeing any progress, but it's like you put yourself around other guys who face this stuff, who have overcome these problems, who are going through the same problems as you. And then like you get the feedback, not only like good advice from them, good tips from them, um, good support and like motivation from them, but it's also like, they can tell you like, you know, Justin, you, you're actually, dude, look where you were two months ago. Look where you were two weeks ago. You, you've actually, you know, changed a lot and you know, you're getting better. Like don't put, don't, um, keep your head down, man. Lift, lift your head up. Like things are going well, keep it up or like try this as well. Like add that onto like just having that feedback, that support system, having that ability to connect with other guys is, is, is so powerful. And again, alluding to what we said earlier, um, guys specifically tend to not be good at communicating and not expressing themselves and not talking about their problems. And so when you do, when you have that ability to connect with other guys and talk and, you know, express yourself and talk to them about what you're going through, that just makes things, uh, it makes men so much more complete and it makes things so much easier because when guys are able to talk about their problems, that's when they're able to get past their problems. And I think it's really one of the reasons why women are so much better at getting past, um, you know, so social problems that they're going through or, um, like breakups, for instance, like women will be hurt for like the first week really bad and they'll be crying and you know, they'll be depressed and all this other stuff. Um, and then guys like a month or two later, because guys will hold it in and they won't express it. They won't talk right. about it. Right. A couple months later, the guys are going through all that shit because they didn't get it out of their system. Whereas like the women got out of their system really quickly. Guys kind of tend to hang on to things. But like I said, the more you can express it, the more you can get it out and kind of get past it, the, the faster you're going to be able to overcome these issues. How can a man nowadays generate confidence What's your opinion on that? I mean, is it something you feel that um, can be developed? Absolutely. I uh, actually just came out with a, a confidence program. Um, but yeah, there's there's a number of, of really powerful ways, really powerful steps that you can go through to to get confidence. Um, I guess the, just kind of, I guess, talking about a couple of those, if you want, I can, I can just mention a few of them. Yeah, go for it. But I think that the biggest thing, the, the biggest takeaway is that you already have realizing that you already have confidence in you right now. Like everybody listening to this program has confidence in them already. And I like to make the analogy of think of like a, a you know, a video game guy. And we've been talking about this too, you know, throughout the show is this like people are always on their, you know, playing um, video games or uh, on their phones or watching TV. So you have a lot of introverted you know, shy, kind of quiet guys out there. Think of a, a, a video game guy who sits around all day and plays video games for eight hours out of the day. Um, he may not have confidence when he goes out to the bar or social situation, when he goes up to uh, meet women at a cocktail party, when he goes to have a conversation and be the center of attention. He doesn't have confidence in that area because he's not in that. That's not his element. That's not his environment. His environment is sitting in a basement or sitting in his room or sitting in his friend's room and playing video games for eight hours. And that's what he knows. And when he when he's in that environment, when he when he's in the environment that he knows, he has incredible confidence. He's, you know, probably talking shit to his friend. He's laughing. He's cracking jokes. He's talking strategy about the game. He's, you know, having a great time. Everything about him, his demeanor, his attitude, his body language is confident because that's what he knows. That's what he's familiar with. The the key here though is to then figure out that you already have that confidence in you. Take that confidence, take everything you do when you're in your environment where you have confidence in, 
transition that, transpose that into the area in your life where you want to have confidence in. So if you want to have confidence in, you know, uh, again, going out to a nightclub or a bar and, and talking to girls, you have to have that same demeanor. You have to have that playful, um, fun, you know, cracking jokes demeanor and, and great body language and, and smiling and laughing. You have to have all those things. You just got to bring it into um, that new environment. So it's a little more complicated than just thinking about it and saying, yeah, I'm going to have great confidence now because I just thought of that and, you know, you go out to the bar and you have great confidence. Um, but that's really the first step is realizing that as much as you don't think you have confidence in your life, there is one specific area, probably multiple areas in your life. If you, go, if you really think about it, where you already have confidence in you. And so it's just a matter of, of going through the process and figuring out, how to now bring it back up into the different areas you want. So that's, I guess, really the, the biggest um, takeaway f with, with confidence anyways. Very cool, very cool. Um, is that something that you studied or you experienced or, or something that you just uh, sat down and, and kind of absorbed and, and wrote it down? Uh, it's not it kind of some it, something I've experienced and uh, through working with guys realized that um, this is something that is true across the board. I've, I've worked with probably thousands of guys now at this point, and every single person I've worked with has had confidence, just like I said, in, in some area of their life. Like when we first dig down deep, it's like, yeah, I don't have any confidence at all. You know, I'm depressed. I'm this, I'm that. I'm not good. I don't look good. Um, but across the board, and they really think about it, they do a deep dive into their life and, you know, different aspects of their life, different places they go, different people they hang out with. There's typically... There's always one, but there's typically two, three, sometimes even four different places in their life that they can think of where they have great confidence in. So yeah, ac across the board, kind of just like um, through experience and, and working with guys, this has been a realization I've come up with. Have you noticed anything different over the last, say, five years or so in the lack of leadership that we have had with men in the world? As far as... General men, or are you talking like I'm leaders? Talking, I'm just talking politics about, and things no, like that. Not, not even so much. I mean, it, I'm, I'm just overall men itself. It seems like um, it, I don't see men step up and become leaders. I mean, it's it's a very rare. It's very rare nowadays. It's they're overshadowed by women. Number one and number two. I feel like men are walking around with their tail in between their legs. I mean, they're literally uh, head down, tail you know between their legs. And there is no, you know, upright posture. There is no confidence. There is no, hey, you know what? This is who I am, and I am going to lay the law down here, and I'm going to go forward. I'm going to share my mission, and I'm going to share my vision. I just don't see it. Very rare. I mean, obviously, the guys that you and I speak to, these are elite guys out there that do have that. But for the most part, I just don't see it, man. I don't I don't mm -hmm. see it. No, yeah, absolutely right, man. Good. Um you know, talking about what we kind of brought up in the beginning there with with feminism and and just the the way that the world has shifted over the last decade or so it's just you look around and and less and less guys are are being leaders are stepping up to the leader role they're they're not you know opening doors anymore for women you know they're not um they're not holding doors for women they're not grabbing them by the hand and and, and leading the way throughout the, the you know the restaurant or the bar or the nightclub they're not uh, picking up the phone and calling them on the phone instead of you know sitting around texting or waiting for them to text them. Um, so many guys are have kind of taken that back seat. It's 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 not necessarily their fault either. It's it's kind of like I said, the way society has kind of just dictated things over the last few years, 
And you're right, man. It, it, it's 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 a shame. It, it's guys are scared to step up to the plate. Sky guys are scared to sort of step against the norm of of the way things are shifting, and they're sort of um, they've sort of been okay with with letting things unfold on their own. And um, I talk about this all the time. As a man, as as someone who wants to be successful, if you want to be a successful man, you really have to step into the leadership role. And, you know, forget all the, you know, PC kind of bullshit and um, the fact that uh, it's not maybe correct to say that men are typically better leaders than women or that women typically want to be dominated like sexually or in a relationship. They want a dominant man. Um, Those are all true. Those are historically true. Men are typically the ones who have to lead. Uh, when you go on on a date, typically have to lead when it comes to sex. Well, not typically when it comes to sex. They have to lead when it comes to sex. If you are a guy and you want to have sex with a woman and you think she's going to, you know, take your clothes off or, you know, say, you know, start making out with you, throw Absolutely. you on the bed. It's not going to fucking happen. It's just Absolutely. you're not going to have sex. So in different situations, you have to step up and be a leader. And being a leader doesn't always necessarily mean you have to be dominant. You have to be, you know, oh, it's my fucking way or the highway. That's not being a leader at all. But being a leader is um, being okay with with stepping into the role of, of deciding what's going to happen. It's also stepping back and letting things happen too as well. But it's, it's almost like the analogy I make when I talk about this is being the owner of a nightclub. Uh, or a bar, for instance, like you, you're the owner, you have, you're in charge of the manager, you're in charge of the assistant manager, you're in charge of the bartenders, the doormen, the waitresses, the door staff in, in the front, you're, you, you're in charge of everybody and how everything flows and, and operates in that building and, and make it to make it successful. Um, typically when things are going great, you can kind of sit back and let things happen. You can let the manager do its job. You can let the assistant manager, the bartenders, you can let everybody kind of flow and everything is working great. And that's, you're still the leader. You're just kind of stepping back and letting things happen because at the end of the day, you're still in charge. You can step up if something happens. If people start to get out of line, if the manager fucks up, if the bartender steals money, you step in and you're now the leader again and you have to, you know, take charge and and start dictating things that are going to happen. And that's kind of the the same role you have to take as a man. Like you're always in charge, no matter what. You're the leader. You're the one in charge. But sometimes you can take a step back and let things happen. Um, and sometimes you have to step up to the plate and and you know force forcefully do things or tell people what's going to happen or tell people the deal and you know step into that role. And even though it's uncomfortable, you know necessarily um, for some people to step into that role to maybe fire somebody or uh, maybe speak out or maybe um, you know tell somebody that they're wrong or tell somebody that their behavior is shitty, whatever it is, like sometimes you have to be uncomfortable. You have to be okay with being uncomfortable to be a true leader. But also on the other hand, you don't have to go crazy with it and you can step back and also let things happen. I think a true leader is okay with taking both roles, but um, men in society have sort of relocate, uh, relinquished their ability to step into the uncomfortable role and just kind of sit back and let things unfold all the time. And that's not the way to proceed. Yeah, so I agree. I mean, men, there are times where you need to step up and take charge. That's the bottom line. And uh, when it comes to, you know, definitely being a gentleman and being polite, courteous, obviously having your virtues in line, you know, honor, integrity, and, you know, definitely learning how to uh, open doors, 
I think we lack that in our society. Mm-hmm. Learning the courtesy and leading a woman into a restaurant, uh, understanding the concept of uh, the bottom line is that you, when you're on a date, you're right. I mean, when you're on a date, I mean, unless things have changed crazy over the last 15 <laughs> or 20 years, I mean, typically the man's going to pick up the bill. And, the, mm-hmm. you know, you know, typically the man's going to go pick up the lady for a date and take her out. I mean, I, I don't know when I take my wife out. I mean, it's it's not her saying, hey, let's let me take you out. It's usually, hey, I, you know, I will take my wife out. I take my family out. You know, it, it's incumbent upon me. I mean, my wife has a total different mindset and she's on point with everything that I do. And and she is. Uh, the epitome, literally, she is the uh, model woman that uh, I believe in, the way that she thinks and the way she, but it all comes because the way she was raised. But when you look back here, Justin, and uh, the conversation that we have had here, I mean, there's so many little issues that we have with our society that to me, I am definitely impressed with the way you have spoken. You're very articulate. And uh, the fact that, hey, you know, your your knowledge base is so varied and so broad. And that's awesome. That's good. Definitely good on you, man. Keep up what you are doing because we need men like you, uh, especially from a younger generation, because you're going to be that power. You're going to be that strength. You're going to be that leader. Um, and that's really why I wanted to have you on the show, because a lot of times, you know, we our perspective you know, uh, for guys that are in their 40s and 50s, you know, it's a little bit different from guys that are in their late 20s and 30s. So, um, you know, I appreciate you being on. And what I want to have you do here is let people know how they can reach you. I want to know, you know, give me your 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 website, everything, all your books, whatever. Throw it out there. It's your time. <laughs> Thanks, man. Rafa, I appreciate that, man. It means a lot. And uh, yeah, I want to say I had a blast on here. I do a lot of these interviews and sometimes, you know, they're all typically fun and, you know, I enjoy them for the most part, but, uh, this was really good. It was an awesome conversation, man. I think it's, uh, one that we needed to have and I had a blast doing it, but yeah, if anyone listening wants to check out more on some of the stuff I'm doing, you can go to elitemanmagazine.com or elite man podcast and iTunes. And, uh, also if any of you are interested in, um, supplements. If you guys are interested in natural supplements, I just came out with a supplement line to go along with the website. It's called Elite Life Nutrition. We have all natural products and uh, you can get that at EliteLifeNutrition.com. So yeah, thanks again, man, for having me on. Awesome. I'll put this for all our listeners. I'm going to put this in the uh, show notes will be all the links to uh, Justin's uh, uh, links, uh, websites, uh, social media, and of course his new supplement line. Justin, we're going to have you back for sure in the next few months uh, because I want to keep this conversation going. I think it's very important, man. I appreciate you being on, brother. Appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. I'd love to come back. All right, man. Stay safe out there. There you have it. What a great conversation. Now it is up to you to start implementing these principles to your life. Remember, it takes action in your part to make it happen. Gentlemen, don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Man of War Podcast. And listen, go grab the free booklet. It's completely free. I'm telling you, there's some good stuff in there. It'll set you on your path to walking the warrior's way. Forgingawarrior.com forward slash manual. And of course, 
Join our Online Warrior Development Academy for free right now. Yes, you heard me right, for free. Go check it out at forgingawarrior.com. This is a very limited time here. Until next time, remember your life may be challenging and full of dangers, but never retreat. Your last battle may be your greatest victory. 